Welcome back to Off The Bar Podcast alongside Daniel Perez. My name is Rafael De Los Santos, and we're here on a pretty special episode. Um, this is actually pretty crazy for me and Daniel, because we used to talk about this very moment like years ago, um, like in the party on PlayStation, we used to talk about starting a podcast and being on a podcast together. And basically me and you used to talk about literally everything there is to talk about in the world of soccer. We would do it while playing FIFA while playing pro clubs. So like this is pretty crazy for us. It's it's basically where I got my whole idea of starting a podcast and where I felt I could like start from. I didn't think I was gonna be good at doing podcasts and I don't necessarily think I'm good at it. I think that I'm working on it, but that's where I got like the oh maybe I can do this. It's from me and Daniel talking. So this is like pretty special for both of us. But um yeah, just like we had our last episode, this episode is going to be a team of the season. Last episode, we did Premier League. This episode is, again, special for me and Daniel because we're going to be doing La Liga. Uh, many of you, huh? The Superior League, so a superior episode indeed. Um, for those of you that don't know, I am a Real Madrid Well, most people know by now that I'm a Real Madrid fan. But for those of you that don't know Danny, because he hasn't been on that many episodes with us, he's a Barcelona fan, so... We'll see how that plays out during this episode. But yeah, just like last episode, we're going to do a team of the season. Um, the off the bar guys have come to a consensus um, via voting as to who they think the team of the season for La Liga is. We will be comparing that to my personal team of the season and Daniel's personal team of the season, seeing the differences and why. We're also going to be picking a player of the year for La Liga, even though that's probably the most straightforward award we're going to give in the entire episode and in both episodes. Um, we're also going to be picking a manager of the year award. We're also going to be picking a young player of the year award, which is also pretty straightforward in my opinion, but we'll see how that how that plays out. And we're going to be giving out a team award, just like last episode, the team award doesn't necessarily have to be for Real Madrid who won the league but just for any team that we feel has been really impressive, maybe compared to how they did last year or just impressive overall, or maybe they've done really well due to certain circumstances, who knows? But without further ado, let's get started with the team of the season. Uh, rules were simple. It was a 4-3-3. Everyone on the podcast had to vote. And starting with the goalkeeper, no drum roll needed, pretty straightforward. Off the bar decided or voted that Thibaut Courtois was the team of the season goalkeeper. You, Daniel Perez, also picked Thibaut Courtois as your goalkeeper. Am I correct? Yeah, that's correct. Why is Thibaut Courtois team of the season for La Liga? For me, not just team of the season for La Liga, but probably, yeah, team of the season, World Eleven. He had not the most clean sheets this season, but the second most. But he did have the, the highest save percentage in the league this season, 76%. And that also helped Real Madrid in getting the second least goals conceded in the entire campaign. Yeah, he was also the highest um, in goals prevented with 4.9 in the entire league. Um, again, goals prevented is one of those newer stats. It's basically the goals that were supposed to go in statistically that were like kept out by Courtois. Um, but yeah, like you said, that he basically revo- yeah, he basically revolutionized um, that goalkeeper position for Real Madrid. We were really used to seeing like Iker Casillas, Kaylor Navas, who are more like reflex type goalies, uh, smaller goalies as well in terms of stature. And then Courtois comes in, you know, a guy that isn't known for his diving, that is known to get megged here and there. Um, and he really struggled his first year and for him to turn around this year like he did um, dude, they're probably in the worst Real Madrid defense that there's been in the last five years in terms of name and performance. Like Eder Militao is as shaky as possible. Alaba looked out of position. You know, Nacho had to play a couple games. Carvajal hasn't been fit ever. Fernandez wasn't um, fit either. And somehow Courtois, probably Real Madrid's second best player the entire season. Um, so I agree. But for my team of the season. I picked Ledesma. 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 How Cadiz- annoying is Ledesma, though? Very. You've seen Cadiz games. El, didn't he? He took points from both of us, didn't he? 
I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that Cadiz beat Real Madrid because I remember uh, Lozano scoring on Real Madrid. But yeah, I have Ledesma. For those of you that don't know, uh, Ledesma is one of those like La Liga heroes, kind of obscure in terms of like world soccer stage. Um, Argentinian goalkeeper. I think who was it that he played for in Argentina? I feel like it was Boca. I could be wrong. Oh. That's a that's a reach, but I think it was Boca. But yeah, Argentinian goalkeeper that does not for Cadiz. Um, for those of you that follow La Liga, Cadiz finished one point above relegation. So that's one of the main reasons I picked Ledesma. And just like Daniel said, one of the most annoying goalkeepers that anyone has to play because it's one of those goalkeepers that faces a lot of shots because Cadiz is not that good. But he, he like saves a lot of them, like a lot of them. And, and he makes saves that he's not supposed to make. Like, um, would you believe me if I told you that the team that finished just above relegation, their goalie was fifth in clean sheets with 13. Fifth for a team that finished, what, 18th? Let's look at the table. 17th. They finished 17th. He's fifth in clean sheets. He was top 10 in save percentage with 70.2%. He was fourth in saves per 90, which we expect because they face a lot of shots. He was second in goals prevented at 4.1 behind Courtois. Right behind Courtois. And he finished one point above relegation. So, so this guy That's is a- quite literally better. <laughs> He's too good for Gaddy's. So I gave him um, the nod in my team this season. But I, I understand like why Courtois, like you said, Courtois is literally... There is no better goalie in world football right now. He's for sure going to make that world 11 come this winter. Um, he's playing for Belgium, who's like ranked number two in the world right now. So we'll see how he does in the World Cup. Um, to me, he's, well, we already made that like this claim that we had made a couple of episodes ago. We dropped a TikTok on it that Courtois might be like top three in the Ballon d'Or. Arguable. I think that for sure he's top five. If he, he's not your top 10, I really don't know what to tell you. Um, I think he was impressive throughout the La Liga season and in the Champions League, like he was unreal, like literally unreal in the Champions League. Probably the second, I don't know. I don't know if I want to make that claim on top of my head, like probably the second best Champions League player that was this season. I think if if Belgium would have done a bit better in the Euros, then he would have had a bigger knock in, that, in the standings. I mean, the thing is, like, it wouldn't have mattered. But, like from this year, from from now forward, like, we'll see. I think that Courtois is a shot for top five, but on the door for sure. Like, the only guys I see ahead of him are Benzema for sure, Salah for sure. That's it. Then you're talking about, like, you can argue Mbappe. You can argue people. – some people say Lewandowski. Some people say Imane. Um, that's it. Everyone else is a stretch for Courtois. Um, but, yeah, off the bar, pick Courtois. You pick Courtois. I get it. I picked Desma kind of just for fun, uh, just to give him that praise. But – I understand. That was probably the least, like, debatable one. Courtois was out of his mind, and he obviously won, he won the league. Moving on to that back line, off the bar picked Jordi Alba. Shout out Jordi Alba, because, like, last season he was, like, washed. I, I was looking at Jordi Alba decline after last season and somehow picked it up with a weaker attack because the whole thing with Jordi Alba was that messy Jordi Alba link-up over the top – you know it, over the top through ball, Jordi Alba running on the left side, literally nightmarish. Because even though you know it was coming, there's nothing you can do about it. And somehow without Messi, Jordi Alba, team of the season, Jordi Alba. Next to Jordi Alba, we have Diego Carlos. Next to Diego Carlos, we have Eder Militao. And next to Eder Militao, we have Ronald Araujo. So you'll be pretty happy about Jordi Alba and Ronald Araujo as a Barca fan. So... Tell me about those two guys. Why are they in team of the season? And I'm pretty sure they're in your team of the season as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are both in your team of the season. Why well, them? Jordi Alba after coming off a horrendous season. I want to say horrendous. It's like not to up to his standards. I guess you could say. Finished third in assists behind Ben Benzema and Vinicius, which is that's a it's a pretty big feat. Highest assisting defender, obviously highest goals per goals and assist for a defender of the season. So I think just that puts him on team of the season. Mr. Araujo, tell me about him. 
Raul. horrific injury to 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 end the. I mean, did I see Nestor Araujo? Dude, isn't that a isn't that Celta's defender? Celta Eagles defender? Jesus Christ! Ronald Araujo. Ronald. Tell me about Ronald. Highest tackle percentage in the league. Dude, he should start at right back for Barca every game. He could, in my he did opinion. It, but it worked. I don't know why. What do you he mean was, you don't know why? I, like, knew why. I forgot what was the ex- exact reasoning. No, like, I mean, I, oh, I don't know why we don't keep doing oh. it. I know why he started right back. Everybody. Be, yeah. Right. Before the El Clasico, where they absolutely swept Real Madrid, like, I was like, if I think we were talking about it, and I was like, dude, if I was Xavi, I'd put Nesoraho right back, because that's the only guy that's going to contain Vinicius. If you contain Vinicius, then you can you can have a chance to continue Benzema. If you can't continue Vinicius, Benzema's going to play off Vinicius because Vinicius is going to be the right back, which is going to cause a, a mismatch in terms of numbers, and Benzema's going to get loose in that box. And like as Chelsea saw, as PSG saw, as everybody saw, once Vinicius beats his defender, he'll find Benzema. But Araujo does a really good job of containing. Um, hopefully, Xavi can play him at center. Not, not a center back. Xavi doesn't play my center back and plays him at right back. Um, I know you were writing a, re- a rumor to me t- earlier today about Jules Koundé going to Barca. So hopefully you guys can pull that off. I mean, I, I heard you guys – I heard Barcelona's taking uh, weddings at the new camp, trying to make money at every turn they can. Shout out Barcelona. Got to respect the grind. But I hustle somehow. Supposedly they're not letting Danny Alves uh, renew – or they're not letting – they're not going to let him play for them next season. Oh, yeah. but I saw that, like – I'm th- I think the media is making it look worse. I think that's more of like a mutual agreement because the guy's 37, 38. I don't think so. I don't think it's mutual, but I don't know, man. I don't think it's mutual. But back to the team of this season, which Danny Alves has not made for in forever. <laughs> um, Jordi Alba, I had him in my team this season as well. Like he said, he was absolutely outstanding. I didn't expect him to be that productive, like I said earlier, without Messi. Insane um, from him. Obviously, got that Spain call up, but that was obvious. Um, Romo Rajo, I also had in my team this season, so I agree. Um, I'll speak for Edder Militao since I'm a Real Madrid fan. That guy was a question mark coming into the season. Obviously, we knew he has potential because he's a young guy. And coming out of Porto, he played right back, so having him play center back, he was really mobile. He was, you know, pretty young, showing things that center backs don't usually do. Like I was praising a couple episodes ago, I think in, in our Champions League episode with Real Madrid and Liverpool about center backs that dribble up the field and beat defenders and make a pass. As we saw like Rudiger take a shot like that and score like one of the goals of the season in the Premier League. Um, we saw Militao do it a lot where he'll drop his shoulder and break the press. And once your center backs are able to break presses, man, you're really vertical because now you have a really big mismatch. Because you have all your midfielders wide open to receive a pass and all your attackers open midfield. to receive a pass. Yeah. Overload the midfield. Yeah, you're, you're wide open in terms of numbers. Uh, we saw Konate do it in the Champions League final as well. But, um, yeah, he was question mark coming into the season. And even though he's still really clumsy and he made a lot of mistakes this season that cost Real Madrid a lot of goals, um, he was really sure-footed in certain instances. Like, the fact that he kept Mbappe to, what, two goals against Real Madrid? Was it two? Scored in the first leg and he scored in the second leg. Oh no, he didn't score in the second leg. He scored a he hat trick score. of offs. He scored in the second leg. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, he did. He scored two. That's still pretty good. But um, Natal had a really solid season for someone that was really young and coming into such a big team, trying to fill the shoes of like Rafael Varane and Sergio Ramos is not easy. You're talking about like Real Madrid legends at that point. Natal had a goal into a season of La Liga. Basically played almost every single game, 34 games out of 38. Um, average rating of 7.32 out of your – like from your center back is – Up five in the, in the 1v1 what? index. Top five. He was in the top five in, across all the top five leagues in the 1v1 index. It's like a little yeah, thing they do, like one, one yeah. tackles versus drill. Yeah, he's really solid, um, really fast, really strong, really hard to beat. Um, with Rudiger coming in, there's a question of whether it's him or Alaba that's going to hit the bench. And I don't know. I don't know. Um, I would like it to be Militao Rudiger, but we'll see 
if Alaba ends up playing like left back or CDM or something, or if Melitza plays right back because Carvajal can't, I don't even know. Real Madrid are in a really good position in terms of like what we have right now. So anything can happen, but what a season from Eder Militao in terms of like what we expected from him and what ended up happening. And he was really one of the big, one of the big reasons why Real Madrid had the season that they had winning La Liga and Champions League and that defense. Cause without Militao, like you take Militao away, they literally have no defense. Like <laughs> you have Alba who's like as shaky as ever. Then you have like Ferdinandi who was injured most of the time, and then you have Carvajal who's injured most of the time. So, but yeah, off the bar podcast picked Eder Militao. I picked Eder Militao. You picked Eder Militao. Where did we differ? Diego Carlos made the off the bar team of the season. In my opinion, I would put Kunde before I put Diego Carlos. I would, I would and, and I didn't. Yeah, and I didn't even put Kunde. So on that one, um, shame on everyone that's not on this episode that voted. Um, I was about to say all your names. That's ridiculous. But, yeah, you know who you are. Um, yeah, I don't really agree with that one. I know that Sevilla had the best defense in the entire league. So there is credit there. Um, they conceded, I think, like 30 goals in the entire season. Um, let me double-check that right now. Yeah, Sevilla conceded 30 goals in the entire season. The second best was Real Madrid with 31. Um, so, you know, that's a little, that's like one of those, like, they're like, they're like in first place, but, you know, it's like, I guess. Um, the second place is really close to them. And, you know, Real Madrid conceded four against like Barca, like crazy, but like, whatever. That's just me, because I'm a fan. But there is credit due to Diego Carlos, who is now an Aston Villa player. Um, shout out the Premier League for <laughs> looting around not Real Madrid for looting La Liga of their players, um, and then claiming to be more competitive, but just because they have more money. But uh, that's not my business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Diego Carlos, um, now as a Villa player, made our team of the season. Again, I don't agree with that. Daniel does not agree with that. I would have put Kunde before I put Diego Carlos, and I didn't even put Kunde. Um, ahead of Diego Carlos and Kunde. Daniel, you had David Garcia, also soon as center back. Tell us why. David Garcia. I'm pretty sure it was soon to finish mid-table, right? Let me double-check that. Also, soon I finished 10th, so yes, mid-table. Exactly. From a team that came into La Liga two years ago, pretty sure. From second to from La Liga Smart Bank. Yeah, had- they were there last season. This season, he won the most aerial duels out of anybody in the league, and he had the highest percentage in aerial duels won. Well, I'm pretty, I think I have here that it was 75%. He won 180 aerial duels. I think that's like 20 more than second place. With him not being the biggest, strongest center back, I think that's big, big up for him. He had he had four goals as well, and I remember at the beginning of the season, it was every time Osasuna got a corner, you almost had to watch out for David Garcia. He he was like on fire like at the beginning of the season. Um, I I I didn't put David Garcia in my team this season, but I definitely agree with like your nomination for David Garcia. I really like the season that he had, especially in the Osasuna team, like you said, that just got promoted into La Liga. Osasuna is also not a team that's known for like being a top side in like La, like La Liga and they still finished they still finished 10th like you said um everyone ahead of them is like the big clubs you expect like Valencia, Atletico Club, Villarreal, Real Sociedad, Betis, Sevilla, Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid, Barca um they finished ahead of Rayo who had a really good season of they finished ahead of Celta Vigo who had a really good season and David Garcia was really a big part of that like along with like Aridane and all the guys that uh, Osasuna has but I like the shout for David Garcia more than I like the Diego Carlos. Not not the nomination, but the placement because Diego Carlos won the placement of Diego Carlos in our team of the season. So, like I'd put, I don't know if I put that. Like, I'd have to. Yeah, one of the Premier League. That's why I picked him. <laughs> they asked him below bottom because we put him in our team of the season. Well, I probably did. Yeah. yeah, they're scouting, bro. Every team in the world is scouting from our from our podcast. Yeah, Luis Suarez too. 
<laughs> but yeah, I, I like this shot for David Garcia. Um, in mine, I had a, a it's not a shout. Alex Moreno. Like, how is no one talking about Alex Moreno out of Betis? Like the season that Betis had was absolutely insane. Like, you want to talk about like I didn't expect that. I mean, I know they finished sixth um last year, but they finished fifth this year, so it's not like that big of an improvement. But the way that they did it when they were like they were like in second place in La Liga for a long time and they were top four in La Liga for a long time, and the bottom just kind of fell out in the end. One me was just unstoppable. Like yeah, those- but like you can go around, you can go around the team and see that. Like, yeah. Moreno was insane, Juanmi was insane, Catanales was insane, Fakir was insane. But we'll get to them, we'll get to them. Um, speaking about Alex Moreno, uh, specifically, again, I like the Alex Moreno shout more than I like the Diego Carlos shout. Um, he had five goals at left back and three assists. Um, eight goal contributions from left back is pretty, pretty insane for a non top four team because non top four teams don't get to attack as much. Um, and Alex Moreno did just that. I think he was really impressive. I don't know if he got a Spain call up. Did he get um Luis Enrique uh call up? Not this, not for the Nations League, not yet. No. Luis Enrique's tripping, but we'll get to Luis Enrique in a second. Um, and he ended fifth, like I said, in the league. Um, with Betty's again, Betty's finishing fifth is pretty impressive. If you remember that Betty's two years ago finished like 16th. Um and Alex Moreno was a huge part of that, out of that left side. And he was injured for the beginning of the season. So for him to have that season um, after an injury, pretty unheard of from Alex Moreno, pretty unheard of, from, again, from a left back. That's not like what we expect. Like you got guys like Jordi Alba. We expect Jordi Alba to be insane. Um, when Jordi Alba was a bad year, then we're like, damn, he had a bad year. Um, Marcelo, for the longest time, was like that really attacking fullback. Even even from Atletico Madrid, guys like Henan Lodi and things like that. But or like Marcos Acuna from Sevilla, things like that. But or Marcos Llorente from Atletico Madrid. Like, there's a lot of good attacking fullbacks in La Liga. And really, like, if you would have told me, Nick, like, last year, oh, Alex Moreno was going to be doing this for Betis, and Betis is going to do this well with Alex Moreno, I'd been like, nah. If you told you me know. last year he's going to win the Copa del Rey, I would call you crazy. Copa del Rey winners on top, on top of that. Um, but we'll get to a lot of Betis players, to be honest, a couple of them. No, that, oh, this is great. This is great. But, yeah, um, just to reiterate, uh, recap, the off-the-bar back line, Jordi Alba, Diego Carlos, Eder Minitao, Nestor Araujo. I said Nestor Araujo again. I swear to God. Ronald Araujo. You, said, you were saying for, it. I didn't correct you. Ronald Araujo, that plays for Barcelona. Not Nestor Araujo, who plays for Celta Vigo. Let me say that again. Jordi Alba, Diego Carlos, Edermond Tao, Ronald Araujo was the backline that, that the Off the Bar podcast voted for. All of our members, like me and Daniel, came uh, just came to this conclusion. I don't think Diego Carlos should have been in there. I would have put David, uh, David, um, Jesus Christ, David Garcia before I put uh, Diego Carlos. I would have put Alex Moreno before I put Diego Carlos. Who did it? What was the other center back that I had? Yeah, Alex Moreno. Yeah, I wasn't too happy about the Diego Carlos um, pick. But, yeah, with that being said, the funnest and the most controversial, believe it or not, <laughs> out of everything that we're going to talk about. No, I don't know. Yeah, this is the most controversial thing that we're going to talk about. The midfield for our La Liga team of this season. Off the top of your head, Daniel, obviously not picking like the guys that you picked for your team of season. But who do you think that the consensus for the team of the season would be? Uh, just really fast, quick fire. Since I'd say the Real Madrid's midfield. So you'd think that Luka Modric, Tony Kroos, Casemiro would be the consensus midfield? Yeah. Wrong. We have uh, here off the bar podcast, we have a little bit more brain than that. I think if that was what would have happened, I would have <laughs> would have called this episode like null and void. Um, no. Starting from the left side, well, it doesn't really matter what side you start from, but we have Luka Modric, so you were right in that respect. Um, we have Pedri, so you'd, you'll be happy about Pedri being in there. I know he's in your team this season, but we'll get that, to that in a moment. And some sense, some sense in this team of the season with Muniain making the last spot in the midfield. And I know he was he's kind of listed as a left mid, left wing kind of guy, but I... When I think of Moyain, I think of a cam. 
Um, he plays as a cam, so I'm inclu- I included the I included him in the midfield. Um, but yeah, off the bar podcasts podcasts midfield. Luka Modric, Pedri, Unyain. You sir had Pedri in your team of the season. Obviously, as a Barca fan, but not just obviously as a Barca fan. Pedri had a really good season. What did Pedri Gonzalez do this year that put him in your team of the season? He had, I think he was top three in most in progressive carries per 90 upon midfielders being 19 years old. That's insane to me. Winning the golden boy. It's another one. And his progressive passes and dribbles are in the 97% percentile across all top, top five leagues. So that means he's top 3% in doing, doing so. And like for how long was Pedri injured um, for you guys? He was injured for I'm pretty sure it was a month. That like he had a a month or a month and a half they had a hamstring injury. Yeah, because of how many games he played last season or something like yeah. that. So coming off one of the most like heaviest workloads I've ever seen in my life in terms of any professional athlete, Pedri makes the team of the season for off the bar and then Daniel's team of the season as well. Um, coming from a Real Madrid fan perspective, I think Pedri is that guy. That's still like those are the words that I have for Pedri. Pedri is that guy. Um, you know how like guys get hype, like Erling Haaland has the hype of like he could become one of the best attackers ever, or like things like that. Like Cristiano, he might be Cristiano Messi level, or like Mbappe might be Cristiano Messi level. Pedri is that guy. Like he will be whoever, like whoever we want to compare him to he will be one of the best midfielders to ever play this game. He is like the progression of Iniesta and Xavi. Like he is that guy. And for him to come from like, what was it? Las Palmas, bro. He came from Las Palmas and Las Palmas last year and literally integrated himself into the Barca's midfield first year there. And for him to be doing what he's doing now and for Barca to be like, well, Pedri's not enough. Let's bring Gavi up and Gavi to be that good. It's absolutely insane. And as a Real Madrid fan, I completely envy that because that's not happening for Real Madrid. Like, Real Madrid's, uh, like, Fabrica or whatever hasn't been producing like that, or at least they haven't been getting called up like that um, for a decent amount of time. I think, like, Hakimi, Marcos Llorente were, like, the last guys to be brought yep. up like that. They don't stay there. So you want to count that. Um, but, Yeah. Petty had a really good season. Three goals in La Liga, one assist. I know that he, he had a really annoying goal um, against Sevilla. It was just, like, so annoying because you guys were supposed to drop points and then, boom, Petty comes and scores. But beyond that, like, hopefully he, uh, Frankie de Jong stays with you guys. So that link up can keep happening with Gabi as well. Um, just a really annoying midfield. There's no other way to describe him. Um, he plays a lot like Luka Modric, dropping his shoulder everywhere. I absolutely love Pedri. Like, if I could steal any Barca player, that would be Pedri without even blinking. Um, so I get, I get your nomination. I get the, the makes fact sense. that he was put in our. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, I would give it to Pedri as well, except I didn't. I did not. <laughs> I didn't give it to Pedri. Uh, but I'll ex- I'll explain who I have. Um, but yeah, I get I get the Pedri nomination. I also get the Luka Modric nomination. Um, Luka Modric had an insane season. I would say he was Real Madrid's fourth best player this season, um, only because you have like Benzema, Vinicius, Courtois, who are were probably better than every player in their position in the world. Um, Luka Modric had an insane season. For him to be 36 year old, years old doing what he was doing, like you remember that play he had against PSG where he literally chased Messi down. At 36, he's moving like that? It kind of like makes sense why he won the it like it like gave sense why he won the Ballon d'Or like like dude he's he's that good he really is even though it's like debatable like whether he should have won or not but what I'm trying to say is that he is that level and for him to still be that level explains why he signed a contract renewal with Real Madrid for an additional year at 36 years old when like dude Iker Casillas got the boot at like 32 I think. Nava's got the boot around the same age. Sergio Ramos got the boot around the same age. 
36 years old, Luka Modric still starting in that midfield. And I know they have Kamavinga, and I know they have Chouameni, and I know they're linked to, like, Jude Bellingham, and I know that Valverde is literally still waiting there, and that midfield is stacked. But they're not taking Luka Modric out of there until he retires, bro. And he just signed a contract extension. Yeah, a one-year contract extension. Like, he's going to play there next season. And I think that might be it for Luka Modric. But we'll see, bro, because... It's every year now that we're like, oh, he's done, he's done, he's done. And then he defies, like, all laws of physics, bro. <laughs> this man's supposed to start going down with age, and he's he was know, rated the crazy high level. In 2014, he was rated the, the worst transfer of the season in 2014 when he came to Real Madrid. Look at him now. What is that, five Champions Leagues later? Four, five Champions Leagues later? Five. Five Champions League later, a World Cup final appearance later, a Ballon d'Or later. Not to mention all the other side trophies like La Liga, Super Cup, the Club World Cup. No Copa del Rey, though. Yeah. Real Madrid and Copa del Rey. That's a whole episode in itself. But no, dude, if he makes a strong case for that whole, like, debate of best midfielders ever to play the game, best midfield trios to ever play the game. Um, Luka Modric making the team this season um, and the last pick for the um, off the bar team of the season was Munyain I concur with this one I picked Munyain in my team of the season Munyain had an insane season he was first in chances created with 107 in 38 games wait what is he's 38? 38 yeah it is 38 what'd you say and with the chances created he had like 23 more in second place, which is insane for chances created. In a league where you were playing against, like, Vinicius was creating chances out left and right, Benzema who was having an insane season. A league with people in a league that, let's say you're a smaller team in La Liga and you're playing against Athletic Club Bilbao, you're going to, you're not going to, you're going to try to sit at the back against a team like that to still create that many chances. Yeah. Like I said, Munyain, first in chances created with 107. First in big chances created. He was second in expected assists behind Dembele. You know, Dembele. Yeah, Dembele ended up being the leading assist in the league. Um, Munyain was third in assists with 10 and fourth in expected assists for 90 as well. So, like, dude, chance creation, Munyain was out of his mind. He Did he get called up by Luis Enrique? Like, this is a common theme now. No. You see what I I'm saying? Luis Enrique has his like set players in his head, and he doesn't care how good people play. He's not gonna play. Yeah. yeah, that sounds like <laughs> that sounds great, doesn't it? Because <laughs> if it works, if you win, then it'll be like, oh well, you know, Luis Enrique knows what he's doing. Then if yeah. you don't, it's like, yo, but you had this guy sitting at home while you have like, let's see, what's a questionable Spain call up? In the midfield, I don't. I, in the defense for the Nations League, he has some questionable. But in the midfield, I wouldn't even say Koke because Koke is a. He's always been good. He's never been bad. But he didn't have a better season than Canales. He didn't, but it's just I, don't, I think it's the way that Luis Enrique likes. And, and, and I even said the wrong name because Canales is on my team this season, and we'll get to him in a second. He didn't have a better season than Munyain. He didn't. No one in the attack had a better season than Moyane. And you can play my left wing because he, he supposedly played left mid for Athletic Group. Mm-hmm. I think it's the way that he did play good in the Euros. I think that's why he keeps, I don't know. But I, I agree with questionable with the Alex Moreno not getting called up because you got people like Diego Llorente getting called up to, to play center back coming out of Leeds. Like, come on, bro. Probably thin at, at center back, but not a left back or something. I don't even know. Luis Enrique, bro, what's going on? But yeah, um, again, just to reiterate, off the bar pick Modric, Pedri, Munyain. Daniel had uh, Pedri in his uh, team of the season. I had Munyain in mine, but we differed. I had Canales and Fikir in my midfield. Like, how, how in the world are they not making team of the season? You had, I mean, yeah, your your midfield was the one that was picked. You had Munyain, you had Modric, you had Pedri, and those are the guys that ended up winning. How do you not have Fekir and Canales, bro? I, it, for me, 
it was between Fekir and Munyain. And I, I don't know. I, I went. I ended up going Munyain. Maybe I just have a soft spot for Canales, but Canales had five goals, seven assists for Betis, uh next to Fakir, playing in a less advanced position where like Fakir played Cam, like Canales played a true center mid, if not Skidia. Mm-hmm. Um again, he was somehow snubbed by Luis Enrique for Spain. Don't know how. Um, dude, Bus- he could play be- he could play before Busquets, bro. I don't care. Uh, like we love Busquets because he's a legacy guy, but like Jesus Christ, bro. They don't have a better season than Canales. Canales is a better player right now. Like, but whatever. This Enrique picks whoever he thinks is right. Whatever. He has a set players or whatever. Okay. Hey, you know what? I get it. Because um, Luis Enrique has his guys. Whereas, like, if you look across to France, where they, like, they like, pick the guys that are in form. Like, they play with, like, Nkunku, who had a really good season. But with Benzema and Mbappe, like, they make, the call, they make the call-ups that you want as a fan for them to make. Yeah, they're like not good. So yeah, you know what? If you fuck. win, if you're winning, fuck. I guess. Gareth Southgate, though, he mm. needs to. He needs I don't to, know. Uh, All these World Cup favorites not looking too good. And then you got Spain on top of the group. Listen, if you had England as your World Cup favorite, maybe you should watch another sport. I never had England as a World Cup favorite, but I'm not. We'll see. Dude, if the, U- if the U.S. and above England in the World Cup groups, and then England gets, like, knocked out round of 16, I think they should definitely get rid of Southgate. Yeah. But moving on to uh, better things. You had, like I said, you had Iker Munyain, you had Luka Modric, you had Pedri. That was the midfield that ended up getting picked. Um, I think that Canales had a good season. Um, perhaps statistically, he... No, he had a better season than Pedri statistically. He had a better season than Modric, I think. Um, but really, the one that got snubbed was Nabil Fekir for me. Um, beyond having that uh, Europa League role to the final card and everybody loves him, I think Fekir had, like, he had a revelation season. Like, last year he was really good, but Betis were, like, okay. But this year, Betis were really good, and he was even better. He, had, he was second in chances created with 84. He was top 10 in assists with eight. He was top 15 in goal contributions for a midfielder in a league that had a lot of really, really potent attackers like Vinicius, Benzema, Juanmi, whoever you want to name. Um, to be top 15 in goal contributions as a midfielder. It's really, really good. Um, to me, that's like one of the biggest snubs so far. Um, like, I can see how Alex Moreno doesn't make it. Um, that Desmond obviously was never going to make it over Courtois. But for Fakir and Canales to miss out over like Ped. I don't even know. I think the the one that had the weakest season out of Modric, Pedri, Munyain has to be Pedri. Um, but I think I would put Fikir over Pedri, but I get it. Um, with this team of the seasons, there's no really a, there's not really a wrong answer unless it's like super duper wrong. But I get it. I would put Fikir over Pedri. I would even put Canales over Pedri. But I think what? What do you think would be a wrong answer in the midfield this season? Casemiro. Why? Tony Kroos. Why? Because they just weren't that brilliant. They did their job. They filled their role. Huh? Have a matter of high standard. What was that? What if you just have a matter of really high standard? That's why you think the season wasn't so well. That's that's possible, but sometimes you can Try to correct that by looking at the stats. Um, I know that Casemiro is really a stat cheat stuffer, but in the last two seasons, he has been like Casemiro's been scoring a lot of goals for Real Madrid, and this season he was pretty quiet. Um, he also wasn't like that missed when Casemiro wouldn't play, it wasn't like crazy because he could play with like Camavinga and even with Tony Kroos. Like Tony Kroos getting subbed out every game, 60th minute was like it didn't matter so. Anyone that wasn't dumb, like like Fikir, Canales, Munyain, Pedri, Modric, is a wrong answer, I think. Like, it's not – you can't back it up with stats or, like, you can just really – you can't back it up, basically. Um, but, yeah, just to reiterate, the off-the-bar team of the season, midfield, we have Modric, Pedri, and Munyain. Um, moving on to perhaps the most exciting – Attack 
if you were like to like compile like the most potent attacks in every league, this has to be one of the most exciting attacks possible. Other than like I guess the potential Premier League one, which would be like Jimming Sun, Salah, Kane, or Mane, or Cristiano, or whatever. Um, uh, the La Liga team of the season for off the bars, the front three was Vinicius Jr. left wing, given. Karim Benzema, striker, the most given thing ever. Mm-hmm. And then the Bailey at right wing. So I know you like that right wing pick. And was he, obviously, he, he yeah, obviously he was your your pick at right wing as well. No, he wasn't. You had Iago Aspas, that. No, he wasn't. I picked you had Iago Aspas. Are you changing it to uh, Dembele now? No, I'm going to keep it with Iago Aspas. All right. Did Diago Aspas get called up by Luis Enrique? I know. He's questionable, bro. He's been injured. He played the last World Cup, so I think he'll add him into Well, come November, I'm pretty sure he'll be in the squad. It's because he missed a penalty against Russia. Yeah. That's the worst game I've ever seen. <laughs> That's the worst game you've ever seen. Did you not watch Barcelona Frankfurt? No, not like as in our performance. I mean, in the other teams' performance, like eleven people in the box. Defend the motherland. But Iago Aspas, tell me why Iago Aspas? Highest goals and assists behind the star duo Benzema and Vinicius. What else? What else did I have? Second top scorer in the league with 18. Second in expected goals in La Liga. Right behind Benzema. And he had, I think he had a couple of hat tricks this season as well. Do you have a hat trick on you guys? No, he had a crazy, he had like a crazy goal this season against you guys. Right? Like the 90th minute. Last minute goal. Yeah, we gotta stop. If we wouldn't have dropped points like that, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, you were no, destined to not win La Liga this year. Uh, that's just what happens, man. Um, you need to be an oracle, but I always told you the season you finish, you you leave like Messi leaves. You, I said you would get relegated, jokingly. Well, you know you're yeah. not gonna have a good season. You could have easily not had Champions League this season. Um, Luckily, it didn't turn out that way for you guys. Yeah, well, Aspas is definitely a good shout. Um, I think he's the like if you go straight forward by stats, he makes that top three with Vinicius Benzema. Yeah, well, Aspas. Um, we picked Dembele as a collective. I didn't pick Dembele in mine, but Dembele was a leading assister in La Liga. Can't disagree. With, with thirteen, um, he also played like way less games, like maybe like ten less games or something like that than. Benzema, Munyain, all the guys close to him in assists. Um, he was nothing short of electric for Barcelona. Like, when everyone was looking for a reason to have Dembele, like, leave Barcelona, this man played so good that now it's like, Dembele, please stay. Like, don't don't want to leave. Like, please don't want to go to PSG. Like, please stay. And I think it will it would make Barcelona a stronger team next season for Dembele to stay. I don't think he's replaceable um, with the transfer market available right now. With like Darwin Nunez gone, I think that maybe if you were to get Lewandowski, but like right now it seems like anyone that you could get is like a dream. Like Lewandowski would be a dream, Kunde would be a dream. Anyone coming to Barcelona right now is like helpful to Barcelona right now. But reports are that he might stay, so I think it would it would help Barcelona a lot to for him to stay. I don't think that he should have been outright in the team this season whatsoever. Um, I think Yago Aspas. Like I see why Dembele. Um, would it be in the team of season? But I think this one's a wrong one. Like you asked me earlier, what would be a wrong pick for the midfield? I think that this would be a wrong pick for the top. This would be a wrong pick for the attacking three. Not in terms of like he he didn't have a bad season. He had a he had a really good season, and he and he played very few games for the season that he had. But I just think that, like you said, the season that Yago Aspas had for Celta Vigo was better. Um, you could argue that Celta Vigo didn't do good, so therefore. It's whatever, but my pick for the top three alongside Benicio Menzema was Juanmi, and I think that for sure you can argue that Juanmi had a better season and that Betis was made the better because of 
Kwame season. And if Betis had finished top four, this wouldn't even be an argument. Juanmi had an insane season. And and like Daniel, who was Juanmi last season, bro? Like he was just no one. He was, no he was one. a rotation midfielder, wide midfielder at Betis. He wasn't that guy. He was no one, dude. He was like Juanmi would get subbed on the nine 80th minute. Like he was no one. And he ended up, yeah. What for me, like him and Benzema, I would put a hundred dollars every match that they're gonna score. It was he was those the, the two that were like that. Yeah, he was downright insane. He ended up being a player of the month for La Liga, uh, one of the months. And um, yeah, fifth in goals with 16. He was tied for fourth in goal and goal contributions with 20. This is in a league with Benzema and Vinicius again, who literally hogged all the attacking stats. He was third in goals per 90. And he was one of the most improved players like in the entire season in terms of how who they were last year and who they are this year. I think that Vinicius obviously edges him because, like, Vinicius had an insane season, um, obviously winning La Liga and winning the Champions League. But after Vinicius, I would put Juanmi as the second most improved player in all of La Liga. I can't think of anyone that, like, shocked me like that. Joao Felix had a really good season compared to last year. but And Alex as well. Fakir as well. But no one like Juanmi. I like Juanmi, bro. When I think of Juanmi, I think non-rare. <laughs> like, non-rare. <laughs> FIFA player, bro. And he had an insane season for Betis. So that was my top three. But um, obviously, like, to talk about the obvious picks, I would say, in our team of the season, Vinicius at left wing, second in goal contributions with 27, third leading scorer with se- with 17 goals. Someone that scored, f- what, five goals last season? Or was that the season before? Like, I think it was five goals last season or the season before, something like that. He was tied for third in assists with 10. He was tied for third in big chances created. He was third in chances created in general. He was um, the player with the second highest rating, according to Fup Mob. Um, he had the most penalties drawn in La Liga with four. And I know it's a silly stat, but when someone's that good... That means they're in the box of damage. Dude, it's not even that. It's not even the, about the stat itself. You ever hear a, a crazy stat about Cristiano, like... And Messi, that's like silly, but it just shows you how good they are. Like, like you know that famous stat was Latan and Cristiano, where it's like they've scored in every minute of a game. Mm-hmm. That's like what? That's like not real. Um, and it's not the same kind of stat as like drawing the most penalties in the league. But Vinicius was that good this season that he drew the most penalties in the league. Like that just makes sense, and it's the weirdest thing ever. Um, but speaking on Benzema who obviously made Vinicius better and Vinicius made Benzema better. But just to keep it short and brief, because this guy, there's, no, there's literally no point in like sitting here and talking about all the stats that he leads in. Um, it would literally sound like a grocery list. And obviously he made our team this season because to me, he's the Ballon d'Or favorite and there is no way anything can do anything. Anyone can do anything to take that away, the Ballon d'Or away from him come um, October or whatever. But obviously he's the Pichichi, leading goal scorer in La Liga with 27 goals. On top of that, yeah, on top of that, second leading uh, assist with 12 behind Dembele's 13. Um, so he almost was the leading goal scorer, leading assister in La Liga. Goals, highest shots on target per 90. Yeah, most goal contributions in La Liga with 39. Highest rated player in La Liga. Um, I could sit here and give you the rate, like all the stats he lives in if you want. Top scorer, top in goal contributions, top in rating, top in goals per 90, expected goals, expected goals per 90, expected goals on target, shots on target per 90, big chances created. <laughs> Let's see, what else you got? What else you got? Expected goals plus expected assists per 90. He's also top in big chances missed. <laughs> That's hilarious. But yeah, unequivocally, like, blown door not only candidate, but probably blown door winner in everyone's eyes. And um, I think that's a nice segue to not only end our team of the season, but to talk about the player of the year. Um, I think there's no point even arguing about it. It To me, it's Benzema, because he's not only the player of the year for La Liga, in my opinion, but he's also the blown door winner, um, in my opinion, as well. Um, you had Benzema as well. I think everyone that responded and voted had Benzema. I don't think anyone had anything else. Luke Dion. I think anybody can. Luke Dion. I I think he got second highest goals per ninety. 
Well, jokingly, I think someone, I think it might have been Michael. This looks like a Michael answer. He put Marcelo as the player of the year just to give a shout out to the GOAT left back, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, we made a whole video on whether or not, well, not whether or not Marcelo is the GOAT left back, but talking about the possibility or the argument that there is to be had. Um, it's up on our TikTok, uh, off the bar. I think it's off the bar podcast at TikTok. Um, I don't think it's off the bar pod. But yeah, like I was saying, Kareem Benzema player of the year. Um, everyone voted for Kareem Benzema except for the one Marcelo vote, just just for giggles. Um, we already mentioned everything that Benzema has done this year. Um, and that wouldn't be possible without the youth player of the year, Vinicius Jr., Everyone voted for Vinicius Jr. except one person. One person had Pedri. Mm. You can't disagree with it. Yes, you can. Yeah, I mean, but he's a good shout. That's what I mean. I just think, here's the thing. I always think everyone's a good shout in terms of team of the seasons and arguments. Everyone's a good shout. The thing is, when it comes to, like, obvious, like, obvious awards there's no such thing as like good shouts like there is no good shout for the blown door that's not benzema it's just a benzema there's no good shot for player of the year level it's benzema i think there's dude it's finicius all day and i'm and i'm looking for the culprit right now who in the world picked pedri what would be your argument as a barca fan as to why pedri might finish Argu- above Vinicius. The only argument I think you could say for Pedri is the golden boy. Michael picked Pedri. Jesus Christ. Only someone that supports both Arsenal and Real Madrid would do such a thing. But yeah, bro, there's no point. I, I guess he won the golden boy. Great. Like, is Vinicius even in contention for the golden boy? I think he's too, too old. Sure. I think he is too old. But that's despite, uh, like, obviously, Pedro won the Golden Boy last year. He was, like, the best young player last year. But this year, bro, no one was even close to Vinicius. Like, we already mentioned all the stats. Like, second in goal contribution was 27. Third leading goal scorer with 17 goals. Tied for third in assists with 10. Tied for third in big chances created. Third in chances created. Second highest ranking in, in foot mob. Like, we already talked about this. I, I think there's no there's no debate, um, both in player of the year for Benzema and youth player of the year for Vinicius. Moving on to our next award, um, let's go with man- manager of the year. You, g- well, before we get into you, pause. <laughs> but before we go with the what you picked, um, manager of the year, off the bar podcast had its vote, and sixty six point seven percent of the vote. Went for Carlo Ancelotti, while 33.3% of the votes went to Xavi Hernandez. You, Daniel, picked Carlo Ancelotti, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Why did Don Carlo win it for you? Bro, to come into, obviously, just being being around Madrid manager is a big, big job. That's why he eats so much gum, stressing all the time. To come into be Real Madrid manager, on paper, if you would have told me Real Madrid's gonna win La Liga easily, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have agreed with you because to lose Varane and Sergio Ramos and to have Militao and Alaba aren't aren't bad, but it's just they're not Ramos and and Varane. To come in and to have the second best defense in the league and to win the league very comfortably, he's the manager of the season for me. Um, Real Madrid was the leading team in goals per match, obviously, the most point attack, because they had the leading goal scorer and the third leading goal scorer. But <clears throat> they, they were also high, the highest expected goals in the team. Um, second in possession behind Barcelona, who's known to just have a crazy amount of possession. Um, they, re- they were tied for goals conceded per match with 0.8, because obviously they were only one goal behind Sevilla for goals allowed. Um, second in clean sheets, if I'm not mistaken, because Courtois was second and Alex Romero was ahead of him. Yeah, oh, they were, no, no. They were actually third in clean sheets with Sevilla ahead of them by one. So 
I don't know how that works. I guess Bono and Bachelik each took some. Oh, yeah. Or not even because Bachelik plays for Olympiacos. Dude, who's even the second goalie? Madness. Um, but yeah, shots on target per match. Real Madrid was the highest 6.8. Big chances created in total. Real Madrid had 90, led the league. They also, <laughs> big chances missed 66. Real Madrid led in that. Um, but yeah, there's no point in like talking about Real Madrid as a good team. We all know they're a good team. They won the league, they won the Champions League. Uh, Ancelotti, for him to do that, coming from Everton, um, obviously is gigantic. Not only that, but to take the reins off like an insane manager like Zidane um, <clears throat> is not easy. And um, yeah, I totally get it. Um, you do have to give Ancelotti a lot of credit because he revolutionized how Real Madrid played. Like it was really classic how Real Madrid played. Real Madrid had classic. 4-3-3, these guys play like most classic midfield ever. Um, and not only that, bro, but you got to give props to Ancelotti for... Like, how much props does Ancelotti get for bringing out Vinicius? Like, for bringing that out of Vinicius, this season out of Vinicius? Like, mm-hmm. it has to be something. Um, <clears throat> like, Camavinga as well, the amount of trust that you put in Camavinga and how big Camavinga was for Real Madrid, especially in the Champions League. Um, giving Danny Ceballos a lot of play time, being able to tell like Marco Asensio no and playing Rodrigo instead. And look at what Rodrigo did. Having the trust in like Luka Modric, even though like every, I think every manager would have the trust in Luka Modric, but <clears throat> having the trust in Luka Modric. Um, dude, you look down the line at every substitution he made in the Champions League run and it was insane. Like he would bring on Rodrigo Camavinga and the Rodrigo and Camavinga would make the difference. Uh, and that, I'm always going to give props to that because it's the same thing I used to give props to Zidane for when he would bring on Mariano and Mariano would score. Or when he would bring Morata off the bench for like 10 plus goals in La Liga. Like, what? That's insane. Um, yeah, I get it, Ancelotti. Um, I think I voted for Ancelotti as well, but I did want to give a, like a huge shout to like Manuel Pellegrini. That's like beyond just giving like obviously – Shabby, the praise he deserves for like rising out of like the spot that Barca were in. Manuel Pellegrini is definitely up there for me. I think that would be my shout, if not Carlo Ancelotti. Um, he ended fifth in La Liga after finishing sixth last year. So it's not the biggest improvement in the world, but in terms of like being Betty's, that's huge, bro. Um, beyond like the basic of like, well, you finished sixth last year, now you finished fifth. And you can finish fourth next year. Like beyond that, it's just it's huge for Betis, who, like I said, finished like tenth like two years ago. Um, he competed pretty well, and they played in the Europa League this season, even though they got knocked out by Frankfurt. I mean, like Frankfurt ended up winning the whole thing. So there's respect in that. Um, they were also the third highest rated team in Spain um, this season. They had a really strong attack, which again he brought the same way we could say that Ancelotti brought the best out of Vinicius. Pellegrini has there has to be something in him bringing out the best in Alex Moreno this season and Sergio Canales and, and Fekir and Juan me because who was Juan me bro even Borja Iglesias had a good season who was Borja Iglesias bro Borja Iglesias was really good at Espanol and then the next after that he had a then the next no. season at Betis nothing he was horrible bro and now really good so there has to be credit in that um to to have the trust after such a bad season from Borja Iglesias and just put him up there again and look at what he did alongside Juanmi, alongside Fakir, alongside Canales. Um, they were fifth in goals per match. They were top 10 in clean sheets. They were fifth in expected goals. They were five points away from fourth. And it's really hard to crack that top four, like of Sevilla, Atletico Madrid, Barca, Real Madrid. So for them to be like just there and to, to finish up above Sociedad after the season of Sociedad had last year, I, I, think, I think Pellegrini was definitely a shout, but for the reasons that for the reasons I stated, I still picked Ancelotti, and not just because I'm a Real Madrid fan, but like Ancelotti, that like there's a lot of credit due um, with Ancelotti do with Real Madrid, and the Real Madrid really cemented themselves as Champions League, if not favorites, you could argue that they're definitely top two. Not argue, they're definitely top two. You could argue that they're favorites. 
um, Liverpool might be in that top three with them, and then that's it. Everyone else is up for grabs. Um, and, I, and I really like the signings that Tanchoki has done as well. Chuomeni is a really, really crazy signing. Kamavinga was a really, really crazy signing. Um, and we'll see. I think if they get Jude Bellingham, I think it would be too much in the midfield. But, dude, that would be crazy. And I know we were talking about, about it before this episode, but the prospects of, like, maybe having human son at Real Madrid. I would, dude, I would get that jersey so fast. <laughs> I would get that jersey so fast. But we'll see. Uh, you know what? If you want to give Ancelotti uh, a big ask, let's see what he does with Eden Hazard. Let's see what he does with Eden Hazard. I think that might be too much for anyone. Um, but let's see what he does with Eden Hazard. Um, I think that would be crazy. But speaking of Manuel Pellegrini and Betis, um, and moving on to our last award for this episode, the team award. For the team award, off the bar, voted, and the winner, I believe it was, it was the most contested vote, not only of this episode, but of all time in any, any voting we've had on this podcast. It's a three-way tie between Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Real Betis. Daniel, who was your pick for the team award? It was Real Madrid. Mine was Real Madrid. Okay, I'm going to ask you to not only give me why Real Madrid was your vote, but give me why Barca deserves to be in that three-way tie. Deserves, I guess. You can say just the turnaround in the middle of the season. We went, we went from I, well, my state, my mental state with Barca at the middle of, middle of the season was we're most likely than not going to drop points today every match day. And then when we started grabbing a bit of form with Xavi, like, we can win this game. Every game. Doesn't matter who it is. But I just think that beginning of the season, that that takes away our nomination from team for the team of the season. I, I think I think um Barca is definitely a shout. Um there's a reason why I put it up there in the voting. Um for the very same reason you picked the huge turnaround. Uh, there was a point where I was like, dude, there's no way they're even going to finish in the top four. Um, not even that. I'm, I think they might not play in Europe. Like, they might not finish in Europa League spots. Um, they might play Conference League or something. Like, So, I think there is it's very commendable to do that, especially with a lot of players that were semi-rejected. Um, and then Bale bringing over Aubameyang, who wasn't really like that Arsenal. And Aubameyang was, like, super deadly. Luke de Jong was super deadly for Barca um bringing up Gavi because like dude I mean how ballsy is it to be like yo we're we have our backs against our wall instead of like going out and buying players that are proven let's bring up this this guy let's bring up Gavi like that's crazy um giving the trust in in Araujo who almost called Nestor Araujo again um sitting Sergio Des down because he can't play <laughs> and dude who like because it's hard to sit down a big money signing and, and being like yo this guy plays better than you that's what they did with Araujo. And, and not only that, but seeing that Araujo was better at right back, so putting him there. And um, sitting guys down like Long Lay and getting Eric Garcia and playing him, who I still don't like, but whatever. Um, I, I think I definitely get it. What about Real Madrid, the th- team that you ended up picking? Um, why, should, why should they be a team to recognize? Like I said before, second best defense in the league to win the league so comfortably, have so many players playing that insane, nobody comes close. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, for the very same reasons that I said Ancelotti was definitely a shout for manager of the year. Um, but for the same reasons that I said that Pellegrini was a shout of the year, I ended up picking Betis. Again, they finished sixth last year and fifth this year. So not the biggest improvement Um but the way that Betis played, it was like, yo, they're the new contenders in this league. They're the new Sevilla. They're a top four team. Um, they ended up not being and ended up getting fifth. But that doesn't mean next season. Like, who knows what happens next season? Um, they might be able to attract players, like, telling them, look, look what we were able to do. We were – there was a point where they were in first place for a decent amount of time. There was a point where they were in second place behind Real Madrid for a decent amount of time. Um, 
Didn't they beat Sevilla in the in the derby? Mm-hmm. I think Sevilla won both derbies. Uh, but like you said, they won Copa del Rey. Um, and they'll be playing in Europa League next season again. This season, they got knocked out by Frankfurt, who ended up winning the entire competition. But who knows what will happen next season with better players, um, with more seasoned players. So I guess it's up to Betis now and, and Pellegrini to see if they can keep up um, what they've done this season for it to not be a fluke. Um, but yeah, I, I, th- I think that my shout for Betis um, definitely will deserve from Betis and from Pellegrini, but this one's a three-way tie. Betis, Barcelona, Real Madrid. Um, but yeah, that concludes this episode. Just to recap real quick, team of the season for Off the Bar Podcast as voted by its members. Agolis Courtois, left-back Jordi Alba, Diego Carlos, questionable, Edwin Militao, and Araujo, midfield of Modric, Pedri, Muniain, and the attack, obviously, Vinicius, obviously, Benzema. We'll say questionable than Belly, but I'll definitely say arguable than Belly. Player of the year and easily the Valor, not favorite, but the winner at this point, Kareem Benzema. Youth player of the year for La Liga. Again, one of the best young players in the world who probably doesn't get as much praise as he should. Uh, Vinicius Jr., manager of the year. Um, Carlo Ancelotti, obviously Real Madrid won the league, so that's a bit expected. And the team award, three-way tire for Real Madrid, Barcelona, Real Betis. But that concludes it for this episode. Um, I think this was, this was definitely one of the fun ones because um, there was a lot of contention between what the what we came up with as a crew and what Daniel and I were able to decipher and what we thought. Um, it was also nice to see Daniel wearing a Barcelona jersey and claiming that Karim Benzema was player of the year and that Vinicius was amazing, and that Carlo Ancelotti was amazing, and that Real Madrid deserved to Team of the Year award. Great. Get used to it, buddy, now that Messi's gone. Yes, I didn't um, put Mason. As long as you don't put Mason Mount anywhere, you know, um, shout out Connor O'Brien. But, yeah, my name has been Rafael Dos Santos, Daniel Perez along with me, and we will catch you next time.